0: or by contacting me directly, Damon, at ExitYourWay.com. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, everyone, we're back with the Faces of Business. I'm your host, Damon Pistalka, and with me today, I have none other than Nicole Donnelly. Nicole, awesome having you here today.
1: Oh, my gosh. Damon Pistolka. I am so ecstatic to be on stage. I'm so used to being on stage with you and Kurt. So it feels a little disorienting that it's just me and you, but so fun. I'm super excited. Super excited. We're going to have to talk all kinds of stuff about Kurt on the show. Yeah,
0: we'll we'll bring up Kurt (laughs) a little bit, I'm sure. Uh, And uh, in in a good way, maybe not so good. I don't know. (laughs) But today we, we're going to have some fun. Today we're going to be talking about helping buyers make good decisions. Now, Nicole, you yes. help industrial companies with inbound marketing. You do the you do the HubSpot thing. You're helping them yes. helping them really figure figure their their deal out. So let's let's start back a little bit before this. Let's and do it. you know you went to you went to school BYU for psychology mm-hmm. go and go
1: Cougs go Cougs
0: there you go so you back there
1: yep how did you
0: make that transition into marketing you go to school for psychology yeah you go into marketing
1: i it started earlier than that let's go back let's go back to the days when i was just a little girl sitting on my dad's knee him telling me stories (laughs) so i would say it starts from when i was a little girl so my dad, my grandfather, my great grandfather—I think you already know this—they were all owned, built successful businesses, all separate. So my dad, You're a fourth
0: was, generation entrepreneur, fourth
1: generation, yes. And so I remember growing up as a little girl and going to my dad's little office. He was a solopreneur. Okay, he had this little tiny office down the street. We grew up in Ontario, California, which is like dairy farm country. Yep. Okay, this was I've been like, there. You've been on. You've been in yeah. Ontario. I have no kidding. Okay. So we grew up right by the dairy farm. So anytime people would come to visit, they would get out of the car and they'd be like, it stinks here. And we were so used to it. We couldn't even smell it. Right. So anyway, so my dad solopreneur, we were poor. We didn't have a lot of money. And I remember going to his, his office and like, he was just working there. And I remember going and he had this big booming voice. And I just remember him talking to customers all the time with just such energy and enthusiasm. So, like, love of customers started with that. I'll never forget when when I was a kid, he always used to say all the time on the phone to people, let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. So that's, like, this mantra that I've taken from him. So, and then my grandfather owned a motel across the street from Disneyland. So my first job in high school was working at the front desk at his motel, literally half a block from the main gate. Yeah. So, I loved that experience so much because I loved seeing people's faces when they would walk in the door of the motel. It's like they've been planning for this trip for like their whole lives, you know, saving up and they were just super excited. And so that was my first real like experience, really getting to be part of like the customer experience and really trying to like serve and delight the customer and seeing like the joy that that brought to them. And so that like really lit a fire in me as my 16 year old self, just like really, very started then just being really passionate about customers. And I already had like the entrepreneurial, like love small business from the time I was a little kid. Yeah. So at BYU I did, I studied psychology because I was just like fascinated with human behavior. And then when I got out of college, I took a job um working for a research company for a couple of years, really big company. And then I started working. I, I got, I landed a job working for a small woman owned business. And I'll never forget like, the first, the one I went into interview for this this job it was a company that did direct to consumer marketing programs mm-hmm. okay and it was like my dream job and I go into the interview and I'm and right away I sit down and I see the CEO is a woman the chief operating officer is a woman and the CFO is a woman and these women were just like vibrant dynamic i remember sitting at the table and before a word even came out of the CEO's mouth i was like oh, i got to work for this woman like yeah. i love, I would love to like, it was just like, it hit me like a lightning bolt, you know, I was like, I need to, I want to work here. I just wanted that job. And luckily enough, they I, I was underqualified, no question. Um, they hired me for that job. And I just loved it. It was hugely, hugely wonderful to be able to work and see a founder and, be, you know, work directly with the founder in that way, because it was just, at that time, I think they maybe had 15 20 employees. Mm-hmm. So I had to work directly with the founder. And that was an incredible incredible experience i mean so much i learned from that about like just the grit and tenacity and just innovation and the ability that small businesses owners have to just pivot quickly right in crisis Mm -hmm. i saw that firsthand with her and just oh loved every minute of it it was so cool she was super and still is incredibly inspiring nice so That that just like continued to feed this like entrepreneurial like love of the customer, love of you know small business, Mm -hmm. and then I um, I ended up taking a job, getting a call one day from my dad, and he said, Nicole, I really need help with marketing. Will you come and will you help? Will you help us build out our our marketing department here? So I went into his business and they literally had no marketing whatsoever nothing to speak of this was like maybe 11 years ago or so and literally built out the entire marketing infrastructure from stra- scratch they had no CRM we got them on Salesforce we got them on HubSpot implemented content marketing blogging you know video marketing you know all of the workflows that go into like nurturing customers and i got to tell you it was absolutely thrilling To be part of that to be able to build that from scratch for a small business and and actually see the impact that it had on the business but also for customers because we were really creating this awesome customer experience for the customers that you know just creating so much more efficiency for them providing them with really valuable content information that they needed to help them make purchasing decisions good purchasing decisions so that was absolutely thrilling and exciting and just also what was really thrilling and exciting was just you know i know i'm not supposed to say this but i just loved watching the revenue numbers go up every month and i just loved watching all the leads come in it was like i got i really got a kick out of that part of it i was like oh look at what's happening this is so cool so that's kind of that's my that's been my journey and so what ended up happening then so we had massive huge success was really great and then i was approached by my previous employer the company that i worked for before and they said nicole we want you to to come and help us with marketing and i said to myself oh my gosh the stars are all aligning i've always always wanted to be an entrepreneur i really want to help as many small businesses as i possibly can because i'm super passionate about that like i've deliberately consciously made a choice that i want to stay small business i don't want to move mid-market yeah. i love small businesses so i was like this is it this is like the opportunities in front of me it's time for me to start my business And now I can go out and help other small businesses too. So that's how I started my company that I have now. And we've been in business now for two years, two and a half years. We started a month before COVID. So that's how I ended up here. That's my my story and I'm sticking to it.
0: There we go. (laughs) There we go. So I've got to ask, you know, you, yeah. it's an interesting story about growing up, 16-year-old girl working at yeah. your grandpa's grandpa's hotel right across from Disney. Are mm-hmm. you a big Disney fan? Do
1: you know what's funny about that? I'm really not. Yeah. I like Disney, but yeah. I'm not like a hardcore fan. In fact, when I worked there, I don't think I went to Disneyland one time.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I was wondering. So, like, Were you like getting off work and you had no. that season pass rolling in there every day no. after work kind of thing?
1: No, yeah. I didn't. I mean, we did have like our senior, you know, you have that like big senior party when you're in high school. We did have a yeah. like, big senior party there. And I'd go there like maybe once every year or two. But no, I wasn't a big hardcore Disney person. Yeah. So, interesting. Yeah. And even to this day, you know, I'm taking my kids to Disney, but I've been there, done that. Yeah. Oh, and I know there are people who are gonna be like, "What? You're crazy. Yeah, I'm crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it is—it is or it isn't really. I mean, it's—it's mm-hmm. it's a nice place. We've enjoyed it with our kids a lot, and and I'm sure yeah. our grandkids are going to see it a lot, and and those mm-hmm. kind of things when they come around. But it's—it's it's cool how you talk about when you started to work in the hotel, you really serving and delighting customers. Mm-hmm. Because I think that firsthand experience, when you see the impact you make, and and those people are are generally. You know, at least happy going out in the morning to the to the park, but uh, a little tired coming back maybe. But uh, that that's cool that you're able to to see that part before you went out. So in the in the woman owned business, I mean, this this is really your first marketing gig there. What 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 do you think you learned with them the first time around?
1: Oh, what did I learn with them the
0: first time around?
1: Really great question. Oh, there's so many things, but I think, I think like what I said before, I just learned how important it is to stay really close to your customers. That is what great marketing is, is really staying as close as you possibly can to them. And I saw the founder do that. She would actually get out to the, we would, we did direct to consumer marketing programs and she was never too big to actually get out there and work the events and work directly on the floor and talk to customers and that was mm-hmm. really inspiring yeah. so i think like at the end of the day like marketing has become so complex over time right there's so many new channels to follow and so many different ways that you can market your business but there's these core fundamental parts of marketing that never ever change and i think the first and foremost most important you know key to successful marketing is to always stay close to your customers and making sure that you're really trying to understand them, you know, and it's surprising, like even today, so I I send out like, I'm, I'm a survey junkie, okay, all my clients mm-hmm. will tell you, they're like, oh my gosh, Nicole in the survey, she always wants to send surveys, but I'm telling you, there is gold in that feedback, so I even send them out for my own business, for my, to my clients, you know, in addition to having conversations with them, just to level set and see how things are going, and I, even just today, I got feedback from a client that I was completely surprised by. And I was like, oh my gosh, I would have never even thought that they, that was their experience, right? So like, sometimes I think we make assumptions about our customers that we just really have to, because when you ask your customers, you, you gotta be, it's, it's this humility thing, you know? Yeah. You really have to be humble about it and, and just accept that you don't know everything. You don't know until you ask. Um, and I think that really like, can make or break a company. Some, especially just starting out, if they don't pay attention to what the market's telling them and what customers are telling them, then, you know, that's a problem.
0: Uh, I think, I think it's huge. And it's, and it's the best, the best business people I think can recognize that I may have a great idea. We may have a wonderful product, but if my customers don't buy Mm it, it's worse it's worth squanto right nothing squanto and, i love
1: that
0: <laughs> and uh we we really need to to go to where our customers are with our products and services
1: absolutely 100 percent agree
0: you know so many people uh, whether they think they're a visionary or whatever it is they're they're off and and go right into the ground like that in a ball of flames but that is that feedback is is critical because we don't know we don't yeah. know until we ask yeah and, but um, so as we're as we're moving along now, we were talking a little bit before we got on because you know, ten years ago, just to say ten years ago, let's think back, let's turn this this time machine back a little bit. Let's do it. I'd I'd, I'd
1: gladly go back in time.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so we're, we're back, back, 10 back ten years. We're back ten years. It is what is that? What the heck is that? Two thousand and twelve. the <laughs> yeah. heck. So we're here in 2012. And, and, and we're talking about marketing then compared to marketing now.
1: Yeah. Big difference.
0: Yeah. Oh. So, you know, in the good old days. In
1: the good old days. Oh yeah. man. In the good old days. That was really when content marketing was just starting to be that those days, 2012 was all about blogging, right? Like that was yeah. when blogging started becoming a thing. HubSpot was, had just was starting to become this like marketing automation kind of superstar. They, that was when the in whole inbound, you Mm -hmm. know, know, methodology really started and it started with just like literally blogging was the start and now look at how it's evolved. You know, it's crazy to think over time what's changed.
0: It really has. It really has. And when you look back at it, it, it was, um, the fundamentals really haven't changed, Mm-mm. I don't think. No. And in, in that, do you see... Oh, I got to I gotta put this up here. Kurt Anderson's in the house. <laughs> Kurt Anderson. He's listening. He's listening.
1: Kurt, we miss you on the stage. Yeah. Come up here. Yep,
0: yep. <laughs> he's traveling. He's traveling today, I think. Yes, yeah. I think it's today or tomorrow. He's traveling.
1: <laughs> he's but, always uh, traveling. He's always wheeling and dealing. I can't he, keep up with him yeah. on his
0: schedule. Yeah. Yeah. He could travel for all of us. Thank you. <laughs> I don't have to. But the, but you know, so when you look, look back and look at today and, and we, we fast forward today, you know, it went from blogging mm-hmm. and then it was like video and then mm-hmm. it was live stream. And now it's like super hyper video live stream, whatever. I mean, how how the heck does someone know where to start today?
1: Oh, such a great question. Yeah. There's, it can become so complicated and so complex to your point. And it's just, you know, and there's, you know, eBooks used to be the thing, right. And now that's like a dead, not a dead. I mean, there's still a place for eBooks, but gated, this whole gated content versus ungated content is it's, it's always shifting. Um, But I would say like all, like starting back with understanding your customer, you got to make sure that you have a solid marketing strategy before you go and do anything. Mm -hmm. So the first step is to do that customer research, to talk to your customers on the phone and survey them. So you're getting that qual and that quant data and using that to really build out a marketing strategy. And that marketing strategy will tell you, it'll become very clear to you when you actually look at the data that's coming back, who specifically, which audiences specifically you should be targeting, right? Because good marketing and good strategy is all about like saying no to to things and really staying focused. Like our friend Kurt always says, you got to niche down till it hurts, right? So good marketing strategy is all about really laser focusing in on that ideal customer. And that data will tell that to you. It becomes very clear. So once you know who your ideal customer is, then you know exactly what message that you need to create that's going to resonate with them. Then you then it becomes clear to you where they're at, what channels they're on, how they like to consume content, how they like to, you know, where, whether they're on LinkedIn or whether they're on Instagram or all of those things. And so that can help you guide the marketing channels that you use. You use that information to create your objectives and then create your, your tactics, right? And the tactics are really what tell you which marketing channels that you need to be using, where you need to be playing um, you know, in, 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 in that sort of thing. So, but, you know, for small manufacturing businesses who Mm -hmm. are really just starting out with marketing, I always like to recommend that you start out with like one or two channels and you don't get too overwhelmed with trying to be like omni channel and everywhere, because that can be overwhelming for a small business. Mm -hmm. So I think like one of the things that we like to do with small businesses is just really go in. And once we understand their customer, just try to put together like a content marketing strategy. That's going to be as low of a lift as possible for them because they're so busy. Every small business is does never has enough time or resources. Right. And so marketing usually ends up being the last thing. So if we can go in there and say to them, look, you commit an hour a month to marketing, right? We're going to, we're going to interview you. We're going to gather all of that wonderful intelligence from your brain and get it out you know, through this interview process and we can create a month's worth of content for you, which includes blogs and video content and social posts. And that's all you have to do. I mean, to me, that's, we've seen really great success with that model.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because it is, it is, I mean, when you, when you're sitting here today as a small business owner, looking at all the demands of the business and, and we all know that marketing is, well, I don't know. I'm going to say A lot of people think that marketing is a necessary part of the business, but they have no idea how they're going to do it because they're trying to do sales and whatever their business needs to do and, and everything else that they need to do. Um, And I think that there, there just is, it's just a matter of time for so many.
1: Yes, it is apps. Time is the biggest roadblock. They don't have the time. So, you know, if we can solve that for them by just making the, the, the lift as little as possible for them, but make the output like really valuable, Mm -hmm. um, that that's a huge, huge, um, selling point for them.
0: So the, once people start though, once people, they start and they get Mm -hmm. going down the road, do you, do you think that it, that it becomes a, a lot easier for them? Like they, they get, yes
1: yes it's kind of like
0: it's like oh man i could never do that and then once you do it you go that's not so bad i guess
1: every single time i can't tell you like how many times i've walked into you know a new client and they're like how are we going to do this content thing this just seems so overwhelming i get resistance i get pushed back and i'm like let's just take you down the path we're gonna get there we do it like one time and then they start getting excited about it and then they start coming up with topics and ideas and things and then it just becomes this ongoing just pattern where they're actually like all geared up to do it you know i've seen it happen with video like i i none of the clients i've ever worked with are like dying to get in front of a camera i don't know they just none of you know yeah yeah. they're like anathemically opposed to being in front of the camera and so i really have to like kind of gear them up for it but then once they do it once they actually get in front of the camera it's like most of the time a fire lights up in them and they're, they're like, after we do a video shoot, they're like, we want to do this again. This was awesome. I have all these other great topic ideas we can talk about on camera. So mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. And that's also the key to success is really building a, a framework, a, a system, if you will, where it becomes a consistent process for the business. Because, you know, marketing is like it's like going to the gym. You're not going to get that six pack just if you go for a week and then you stop going, you have to go consistently every single, you know, day if you can, Um, but with marketing it's the same thing. You have to be consistently publishing really valuable informative content to your customers to really start to get that traction and to build that relationship. You know, we Mm -hmm. were just talking before the call about how it takes time to build that momentum. You're planting those seeds and you have to keep watering and nurturing those seeds over time. So that they can grow. So
0: yeah. Yeah. And I think you know, some of the things that I've realized in marketing is some of the most effective marketing is just answering questions.
1: Yeah.
0: How 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 it is amazing to me. And I start off my sentence around is amazing to me how much content you can derive off of an FAQ page.
1: Oh, it's incredible. Absolutely. And you're absolutely right. I mean, and really when you go into it and you try to ask those, answer those FAQ questions, it's amazing how much deeper that you can go when you're interviewing someone who's a subject matter expert and you're asking them questions about one frequently asked questions. I tell you every single time I do an interview, we end up going down a rabbit hole because there's just so much more information, so much more like uh, meat, if you will, that you can get off the bone that just Mm -hmm. you can you can drill down so and that's actually something we really like to do when we go into a new client is to talk to the sales team and just ask them like what are the top questions that you're hearing from customers because we want to scale that for the sales team right like what can we do to remove as much as possible that from the sales team's plate so that we're building this scalable system online because you know gardner just came out with a study this summer that what 83 percent of b2b buyers they want to have a, you know digital e-commerce experience, and they're only spending five percent of the purchasing process actually talking to a sales rep. So, how can we help and show up for the sales team by creating a digital self-serve experience through the website? Um, yeah, is I think a really big opportunity right now for especially for manufacturers. So,
0: yeah, it is, and and when you step back and take a look at how a digital sales process is compared to a completely human-based sales process, you begin to realize there's a lot of steps in the human-based process that if I don't, if, if I'm not desiring that, which a lot of buyers aren't as their studies just dis- yeah. study it's I make it tougher and tougher for people to buy and, and more challenging. It's just, it's amazing when you start to refine. So do do you, do you find that people say, well, we can't, we can't sell like that. And then they realize (laughs) that they can.
1: All the time, especially in manufacturing. They always say our product is too custom.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's too custom. They need to talk to a sales rep because there's too much customization. Well, I, I think there's certainly like, you know, creating a configurator on your website or a pricing calculator on your website is something that we've created for some of our clients that solves that problem. Right. So you're It's absolutely true that there are some products that require a lot of customization mm-hmm. and you you will need to talk to a rep at some point in the process, but there are certain things that you can do before that point to really help self select what they need. And you can mm-hmm. do that. Like we have a client where we, You know, they were selling these industrial air filtration systems and the top two questions that the sales reps were getting all the time was how much does it cost and what size system do I need? So why don't we create a pricing calculator right there where they can basically get a ballpark price and, you know, a recommended system that's emailed to them. And then that helps prep the salesperson. So a lot of that happens early. So by the time they get to the salesperson, they're like way qualified and the conversation can start at a later point.
0: Yeah, you know, I was, I was reading, I was reading a book the other day and it was talking about, uh, it's called, they ask you answers. I think it's, oh,
1: Marcus Marcus oh my I gosh, am. I met him at the inbound marketing, uh, conference this year. He is a gem. Is
0: no a doubt. No doubt. I mean, cause they're talking about talking about one of the big, you know, no, no's and, and that's talking about price. <laughs> And, you know, I'm sure when you when you broach this subject with manufacturers, they just start to shrivel up and go, there is no way we can do that
1: every single time. Here's what I hear from them, because I'm always like, we've got to we've got to talk about pricing on your website. Yeah. And if they say they have custom products, I'm like, we can at least talk about a range, a price range. We can create a blog post about what goes into the cost of your products. There's a ways around that. But the more that you're transparent about the price, the more it builds trust. But yeah, every single time I talk to manufacturers, I get pushback. The, the, the things they tell me are, oh, well, if I publish my pricing, my competitor is gonna find out what I'm charging and then they're gonna undercut my price. And so then I always ask them, I say, well, let me ask you this. Do you know what your competitors are charging for similar products? Well, yeah. Is their pricing published? No, but you you know what they're charging, yeah like do you you think they don't already know what you're charging like why are we playing this dance this this game it's like so silly to me it's like just get it out there everybody already knows around what you're charging and the second question the second thing i always say to them is are you competing on price alone like nobody should be competing on price alone every time they're like no we're not competing on price alone well then if you're not competing on price alone then it doesn't matter because you're offering more than just Mm -hmm. low the low the lowest price possible you know so Usually not all the time, but usually that, that gets them on board. Usually.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting,
1: it takes some wrangling, you know, but
0: yeah. Well, it's an interesting thought, but when you start to look, I mean all the way through this process, when you start to look at pricing from a customer standpoint, digital standpoint, when you drop on the website, uh, Marcus makes a really good uh, point in his books and in his, in his talks. It's like, what do you think if you don't see price on a website you naturally think expensive because if if you take time to build a great website and everything looks good you got good content and people come to it and you don't have a price you're going to naturally think it's expensive
1: and that you're hiding something like what do you have to hide yeah like
0: yeah it's good stuff but i mean this is this is really i mean when when You're As we're talking about the title today, when you're helping buyers make good decisions, they want to be able to, as you said, 80% of the way, they want to get down the sales process a lot. They want to be comfortable, not just with you, but they want to be comfortable that they're making a good decision by going with you.
1: Yes, exactly. Yes, you're absolutely right.
0: I love that how how difficult is that to get across to clients and start generating content around
1: oh man it depends on the client to be honest um but you know what usually is you know it takes a little bit of time but you know I, I feel honestly i've noticed over the last maybe year it's gotten easier okay i think with covid And just the way that the world is changing and with more purchasing happening online, manufacturing manufacturers are starting to come around easier than they used to. I got to tell you, it's, it's getting easier. They're kind of like at this position now where they're like the old ways aren't working anymore. You know, our, our, our business is basically telling us we've got to try this because, you know, so Mm -hmm. I would say lately that's been shifting and there hasn't been like an openness. From I was
0: wondering because, you know, You know, manufacturers. Well, you know, you, me, lots of people, Kurt, others. You know, this it's the lifeblood of the U.S., and we just yes, uh, it's time for for manufacturers to rise and thrive. You know, and and, rise and
1: thrive. I love it. Rise and thrive.
0: It's the opportunity. (laughs) I mean, and there's there Mm -hmm. there is business out there. There's businesses out there from the world, and we just have to you know help people make good decisions. And um, yes. Especially yeah.
1: With, with e-commerce, B two B e-commerce, it's just the it's just ripe for the taking. Yeah. There's so much opportunity to to create a, you know, digital transformation with e-commerce yeah. right now.
0: So and and it's getting so much easier too. And I don't even know them right, know the specific things, but the technology is getting so much easier. Even if you have more custom or difficult products, it's mm-hmm. still easy to develop e-commerce easier to develop e-commerce solutions around him
1: yeah definitely easier than it used to be you know we're, we're working on a big e-commerce project right now that we're you just got to phase it out you know so yeah you don't have to eat the whole elephant all at once definitely so you know i think that's one way to look at it is like how can you create a phased approach um yeah. to building that out so yeah. So
0: what do you what do you see that's that's working for clients now that you're like man this is this is cool this is starting to make things hum?
1: Oh, definitely what I was talking about earlier the creating content in an hour. So, you know, getting the subject matter experts at the company to come and we interview them, it takes an hour of their time. We come prepared with specific topics that we've gathered mm-hmm. based on FAQs and customer research. These are the things that customers want to know about. So we, you know, we'll put together a content calendar and then we, we interview them. We take an hour of their time, interview them, we record it on video. And so now from that one interview, we get written content and video content that we can publish out. for. And that's we're getting a lot of traction with that um, specifically. Um, and that seems to be something that's really working well for these small uh, businesses that are really just trying to like dip their toe in. Right. Like they're really just getting started with content marketing, they don't have anything, no presence at all. So it's a yeah. great way for them to get started.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Are, are you seeing that with the, the rise in like advert online advertising cost? and is that still a, as big a piece of the overall marketing pie or, as it used to be, or are we really trying seeing more it's content based now in industrial companies or, or what are we seeing?
1: I would say it's a mix. So, content marketing is absolutely a long-term play. You're not going to results from content marketing in the, in three four months. You have to yeah. consistently be doing it for at least six months to start to see some some uptake. So, I think in order for actually to be really successful, you need to combine both. Right. So, doing the paid social, you know, the the paid search really helps you to try to get that traction as early as possible as you can but then leveraging the content marketing that you're doing and using that in your paid advertising is really when it starts to start humming. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's still a place for both, but you know, it's, it's getting harder and harder with paid search really to get, it's getting more expensive, you know, the, the cost per clicks going up. And so, you know, you gotta get, we always always getting more challenging markers. They're always gonna figure out an easier way. Well, one thing I'm really like, um, curious, interested, and in, in, in curious to see how how to kind of leverage this for my clients is, um, is this whole idea of community-led growth, right? Like, so content marketing has been huge for the last 10 plus years, right? And there's just so much saturation now. There's so much content out there
0: mm-hmm. that
1: now it's, I'm just really interested to see, like, how can companies, more and more companies start to create this community-led growth where, they're leveraging their existing customers and creating a, a, pl- a place for them to build community with each other, and then having those relationships like they're teaching each other and having that relation, creating a space for them, can lead to community-led growth for the company over time. That's something I'm, I'm interested in. I'm, I'm trying to learn more about it.
0: Just, yeah, I think there, I think there is opportunity in that, and um, you know, because at the end of the day. It's about, as John Boglino says, it's hunting those relationships and building those relationships.
1: Yes. And, um, He's so good at that.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when you, when, when, as a company, when you can start to do that and you can, you know, there, there's, there's fans about whatever you want to do, you know, five axis CNC machining of, uh, titanium or some other crazy metal that you can think, or, or, you know, it, it's just there there's communities or people that are, are interested in those kind of things. And if that's what your business is doing um, maybe it's best that you reach out to a lot of people that are interested in that.
1: And, yes. I, I think you're right. Like it's all about niching down that way. Yeah. I just went to a football game this last weekend, go Cougs. We lost terribly. It was a terrible game, but we went to this awesome tailgate party and it was super fun because like all the alumni were there, all the fans, and it's like this little tiny microcosm of people who all we all went to the same school. We all have that shared sense of community. Right. And it's like this totally niche group. And that's where the magic is. It's, like yeah. it would be nearly it wouldn't have been nearly as special or fun if it was a much larger group. And, you know, you don't have that like same really tight connection yeah. holding you together. So I totally agree
0: oh and you can ask you can ask questions you can get yeah. you get better advice that's from people that know you know i really was uh when was it kurt and i interviewed paulie Pauly rose I oh i she?
1: love paulie oh my yeah. goodness and, you awesome. know
0: and, and look at her profile and and the company that she's working with you know and they're doing it's some plastic kind of substance that's yes. sick yeah but Gaspers.
1: you gaskets for the aerospace industry. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's like a, it's electro it stops electric current going through or something. And but you read, you read and you go, Wow, there really are people that probably are out there searching for that exact thing every day.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like it's like my client who sells dust collectors. Like mm-hmm. nobody thinks about a dust collector or knows that like your Apple Watch, your Apple phone that's manufactured not exist if you didn't have a dust collector in the plant sucking up all that dust Mm -hmm. you know like there's so many things that you just don't realize in manufacturing that make it all work and it's it's kind of fun all that behind the scenes stuff
0: yeah it is it really is and then here's a guy that walks the walk talks the talk james james Mm and what he's some about coatings coatings different coatings just coatings like coatings <laughs> on anything. He's with the American Association of Coatings. He was when I first met him. Nice. You just think these, mm-hmm. these things. And and there are specialties that that uh, that if you really niche down and and know your customers that you can you can create this community, which I think is is very A, it's fun, but B, I think over time it really is good for your business.
1: Yes, good for your business and good for the world. Yeah. Like yeah. we need community, especially coming out of COVID, people feeling so disconnected. People are craving it. Like if we can if, if businesses can really find a way to create that, it's just so great for their long for them long term, but also for their customers. And that's you know, ultimately that's what we're here for, right? We're here to serve our customers. Yeah. So you yeah. know, we all want to make a dollar, but we want to do it making them happy, right? So
0: definitely. Well, and you said it right. I think, I think really understanding your ideal customer. We talked about that a long time ago. Knowing who your ideal customer is. And yes. good marketing to me is just means that I'm going to connect with my ideal customers more often. Yes. And if I'm doing really? that, then I can say no. It's easier for me to say no because every entrepreneur gets nervous saying no. But we can say <laughs> yes. no when we really should.
1: I'm glad I'm not the only one who gets nervous saying no, Damon. I get so nervous saying no. It's terrible. I I got I'm getting better at it every every month. Yeah.
0: I still get an upset stomach over it once in a while. It's like, yeah. you know, cuz because it's it's right. It's it's mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't care if you're uh, just pick a product, pick a service. We've all done it. And, you know, you can, you can be a lawyer and get yourself in the wrong case. You can be in marketing. You can get in the wrong type of company. It's, it's so yes. easy to do because we, we want to do it, but uh, and we want to help people. But at the end of the day, nobody comes out winning when that happens. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times anyway. So that's, that's cool. So com- going forward now, what, uh, so talking about community, talking about that. What are you looking forward to in the next year? What's going to be fun? What's going on? Ooh, what am I looking forward to? Okay.
1: I am super excited. I've got some things under wraps happening, but I'm in the process nice. of doing Yes, I'm excited about it. So for my brand, um, I'm looking, I'm exploring some new services that I'm excited about all around like digital self-serve transformation. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Very cool. Yep. And, um, yeah, so that's what I've got going on. I'm, I'm super stoked about it and I'm exploring possibly starting my own podcast in the new year. So I think that'
0: nice, be super
1: fun. So those are some exciting things I'm looking forward to.
0: Nice. Yeah. Nice. How
1: about you? What are you looking forward to, Damon? <laughs> I, 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 I get to be the questioner now. I get to ask you the questions.
0: <laughs> I'm really thinking about the community thing. I, yeah. um, I've always enjoyed that. I've always enjoyed mm-hmm. talking. I, I love talking to people one-on-one like we are today. Yeah. And I, and I really enjoy uh, seeing groups of people come together and then watching the interactions between individuals in the group where they're helping each other. I just think that is, is so cool, you know, because if, if you just said, what, what am I excited for for the next year? It's, it's really about amping up the impact I can make and that's what it is it's about how can we educate more people how can we help more people and and just continue to do that
1: i'm so inspired by that damon that is so like servant leadership inspiring can i be like you when i grow up i want to be like you you don't want to be like you <laughs> that's awesome well i was reading something from someone on linked i don't remember um and they were saying like the key to be to creating a good community it's to not be the star of the community. Yeah. It's all about letting the people in the community be the star. And I I, I, I was just really intrigued by that. I was like, oh, that's
0: yeah. really wise. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So. Awesome. Awesome getting to talk to you today, Nicole. Yeah. Man, I just want to say thank you. And You're welcome. today everyone so if you didn't hear it before we have nicole donnelly from the donnelly marketing group mm-hmm. where should people reach out to you if they want to talk to you nicole
1: come and connect with me i love meeting new people i love learning about who you are and what you do and how i can support you with whatever it is that you are trying to accomplish you can reach me at nicole at donnellymgroup.com that's my email it's d-o-n-n-e-l-l-y m group um, or you can find me on LinkedIn and my LinkedIn profile is just Nicole Donnelly D M G.
0: Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Well, Nicole, great yes. to talk to you as always. And yeah. my you pleasure.
1: Thank you. I'm honored to be on your show. Thanks, Damon.
0: We didn't even make fun of Kurt too much.
1: <laughs> oh man.
0: <laughs> but next, will- time. next time, next we'll time. Listen. Next time. Thanks everyone for being yeah. here. Have a great rest of your week. We will talk again soon. Hang around, Nicole. We'll talk.
1: All right.